Welcome to the Nintendo Fusion Podcast, a podcast that fuses past, present, and future Nintendo thought. I'm David, accompanied by my friend Jordan. This week we've got some significant Pokemon news. Like we said earlier uh, this year, we expect uh, a big like trailer to drop around July-ish. It came a bit later than we were expecting, uh, and this trailer usually shows off the gimmick of the game, which we ended up getting. Yeah, we totally did. Um, Before they showed us all of the Scarlet and Violet news, this was a Pokemon Presents, which had information about a couple of other things. I kind of wanted to just bring up like maybe two things that they talked about. Uh, The first is that they added a whole bunch of updates to like the random mobile games that neither of us really care for (laughs) with the (laughs) Unite and Cafe Remix and stuff, you know, and Pokemon Masters. Just here's some new characters and new stories. And I'm just like, okay, great. I don't really care. That's totally fine. Um, I am completely up to date on Pokemon Go news because I play a lot of Go. But anyway, um, on top of that, they also actually had a really cool segment where they focused in on the world championships for the competitive Pokemon formats that they are like officially endorsing. And it was just really cool to see them actually talk about that during a Pokemon uh, presents, which makes me think that Scarlet and Violet might be trying to make um, like competitive, even more visible and much more reachable for people. Um, But the cool thing is, is that they're adding Pokemon go to the championship, which that's neat. Uh, Pokemon go is apparently big enough that they can, uh, they feel like they can do that. And they're adding, um, what was the other one? Uh, Pokemon tournament. So they've got Sword and Shield VGC. No, they've got the trading card game and Pokemon Go and Pokemon tournament. Remember Pokemon? Well, I know Pokemon Unite was one of the ones that they're adding. Oh, was it Pokemon I Unite? Yeah, I had forgotten Pokemon to write Unite. that down. <laughs> I don't think it was Pokemon. Pokemon's dead. <laughs> no, they they showed off Pokemon at the in the like trailer saying that oh, they were going to do that again. Yeah. Oh, maybe I didn't pay too much attention. I did think it was pretty funny when they showed um, competitive Pokemon go, where it's just like this guy just like aggressively <laughs> tapping his phone and just, it was just a really silly image to just, <laughs> uh, yeah. See, I have a lot of opinions on Pokemon go PVP. Like I think that the Pokemon go PVP could be so much better than it is. I mean, if they're going to keep the massive tapping in whatever, that's fine. But the most obnoxious thing about it is that in the, like actual ladder in game, you just bring in three Pokemon and just hope and pray that your three Pokemon can do anything against the opponent's three Pokemon. Unlike in VGC or the other competitive formats in the main series games where it's like bring six, choose four or choose three, like bring six, choose three would be so much better. And the Silk Road League does that, which makes those way more fun, in my opinion. But Anyway, this isn't an episode about how much I hate Pokemon Go PvP. (laughs) Well, I I do. (laughs) So I'm happy for the Pokemon Go fans that this is being recognized and will be at the championships. But at the same time, I feel like the primary focus of esports should be um, viewability. Like it's, it's a spectator sport, right? And yes. I don't think Pokemon Go fits that criteria very well. well. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, they did like a tournament, I think, on the official Pokemon channels for Pokemon Go. And there were so many technical problems to show what was happening. It was kind of hilarious. Like, it's probably fun for the people playing. And it's good for, like, the competitors to know who the champion is and all that. But I I can't see Pokemon Go getting much screen time on the stream, right? Like it's not <laughs> yeah. it's not something you you want to watch as a viewer. They'll probably show like the top eight or something and maybe a couple of pool matches, but I don't think it's going to get a ton of coverage. VGC and the trading card game are way more interesting, I think. Yeah, um, and I imagine uh, 
U- Unite will also draw on some crowds, I think. Yeah, Unite has actually got a couple of fan leagues that have been doing tournaments and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see some of those teams play. I'm probably not going to watch a ton of it. I don't really care for Unite, but still really cool that yeah. they're getting that representation at an official Pokemon Worlds championship. So anyway, that's kind of what I wanted to bring up in regards to that. Just cool that it got a spotlight in a Poke- Pokemon Presents Um, I don't think we've really had much of that in the past. So good luck to all of those competitors and have a fun time in London. We will not be there. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, but then we got to the main meat of the uh, presents where they spent, I think it was like 10 minutes or so showing us a new trailer for Scarlet and Violet. And then I like kind of walk through some of the new features with a voiceover (laughs) um, video after the trailer. There are a lot of pieces of information that were revealed here, but at the same time, not a lot of specifics were given about a lot of these new (laughs) features. So it's like, okay, great. Thanks for telling us. But also, what are we supposed to get out of this? Yeah, I feel really confused about one of the mechanics (laughs) that we're going to be talking about soon. (laughs) Yeah, the the main gimmick is really confusing and there are conflicting sources. But we'll, we'll talk about that probably near the end of it because I think it's a very impactful topic in regards to Scarlet and Violet. Uh, just kind of our flow for the episode. But um, anyway, the really cool thing that they started off with was like, welcome to the Paldea region. That's the name. I'm not sure why they didn't give that to us when they announced the names of the game in the last trailer. secret. But uh, so, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, like Nintendo just doesn't like giving us names for some reason. They just don't want us to be able to search for their games very easily in Google searches. Uh, we're going to get the title for Breath of the Wild 2, and it's just going to be like Breath of the Wild, The Return of the Wind, and it'll be like completely meaningless and it'll make no sense why they didn't give it to us for so long. But I know <laughs> so it's like <laughs> it's, it's just like this. <laughs> But what's nuts about it is like when they revealed Sword and Shield, they gave us the Galar name in like the first trailer. Well, yeah, same with Aloha. Yeah. <laughs> like, why <laughs> did they take it till the second trailer to give us Paldea? It's a cool name. Don't get me wrong. I'm I think it's an awesome name for a region. It's just like, OK, why did you wait so long? But uh, anyway, they also showed us the map. The map uh, has a nice image on the official Pokemon website. There are a lot of like really interesting and diverse areas. The most interesting thing that they did not show at all in the trailer was there's like this huge kind of vortex of like clouds or tornado or something um, in the very middle of the region. And so a lot of speculation is like that's either end game <laughs> location or that's where you're going to fight the like third legendary uh, that's going to be like the antagonist of the game or whatever. Um, or that's like where post game DLC legendaries will show up or something. So it's obviously where Calamity Ganon is. So <laughs> they're, they're really doing that crossover between Breath of the Wild and <laughs> Pokemon. I wonder if you're just going to be able to just bull rush that area just like Zelda. I, I doubt it. We'll see. It's harder to do like full open world with um, RPGs where you have strict leveling system. Yes, I agree. With Breath of the Wild, it's like the only real leveling that you had was increasing your stamina and your hearts and finding better items. But if you could work your way through Ganon's castle, like... There's all sorts of good stuff there, and that's why the speedrunners are able to do it. So yeah, so um, they said they they hammered pretty heavily that um, so there's going to be three story routes that you can follow, and I believe you can jump between the three as you yes. go along. 
And did they say if you can do challenge the gym leaders in any order? Yes, they they did confirm that gym leaders. So there has to be some sort of level scaling involved, right? I sure hope so. Some of the like rumors that have been going around the last couple of weeks mentioned that we would be getting gym leaders in any order, but there was no level scaling, which doesn't make sense. I think that that's an early build problem if it's true. (laughs) Like, I am going to complain so hard. I don't know. It's like, all right, I'm going to go fight the eighth gym leader with his level 80 Pokemon against my <laughs> my starter level five. <laughs> all because I decided to go to the ice region first because I like ice Pokemon oh, or whatever. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they showed off the ice region in this trailer, and I'm really hoping this is the first game where the ice region isn't the end of the game. Like, yeah, I hope so, too. <laughs> it'd be so nice to be able to finally get a Pokemon that is of the weakest type in the game at the beginning of the game. Right. It'd be it'd be really <laughs> awesome. You can beat the gyms in any order. And according to the rumors, there's no level scaling, but I just don't see how they can pull it off. <laughs> like, I imagine the level scaling is going to have to be tied to. Well, it can't be tied to your gyms now either, because it sounds like you can follow the other story paths and just completely ignore gyms. Yeah. That, that's exactly what they implied. I've already had one friend say that um, their significant other uh, has never really liked battling in Pokemon, but because they said that there's two story paths that are not going to be strictly battling. Well, they didn't say strictly battling, but it's not just like following the gyms that that actually is a draw for them to come play. Yeah, um, I'm, I've definitely seen that around. There are a significant number of people that like Pokemon the property and Pokemon the characters, but hate battling, which is honestly yeah. why a lot of people really gravitated to Legends Arceus. You know, like there was some battling, but you could just go around and catch some happy little creatures. So I'm going to guess that Route 1 is um, the traditional Victory Road route. Route two is defeat the evil team doing some stupid plot. And route three is uh, complete the Pokedex in some way. And there's just going to be markers, uh, milestone markers. That's possible. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Though they did say in the trailer like 80 times treasure hunt, like that particular phrase and never said what it meant. (laughs) They're finding the one piece. (laughs) (laughs) The great pirate era. (laughs) Kaiser Kuoni. <laughs> I'm going to be king of the pirates. Anyway. Yeah. I, again, that's just another piece where it's like, here's a lot of information. Yeah, there are three different stories that you can tackle, but also we're not going to tell you what two of them actually are. Yeah. I don't know why they're holding off on two of them. Like one of them's obviously the story route, the traditional story route of the evil team. Um, yes, it sure does look like it. And so the question is, is the treasure route the third route or is it tied to the evil team route? I'm going to guess it's tied to the evil team route. They're just the evil treasure hunters. I mean, the other thing is that, like, it mentions that there's like a school project that you have to complete because that's kind of the main focus is you are enrolled into a Pokemon school. I really don't like where this is going. So I I have (laughs) three houses has maybe just I don't want to be enrolled in schools anymore (laughs) in video games. Hey, you started in like biology class. They showed off the biology teacher. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't know how it's going to work again. Like lots of information in this trailer, but not enough confirmation or explanation, I think. Um which is really confusing. It, it makes it really hard to understand what's actually happening in this game, especially from the story standpoint, when they're just like, 
yeah, you can fight gyms and you can do other things. And there's also a school, but we're not going to tell you what actually goes down. It's like, why not, Game Freak? Like, why why are you hiding this back from us? Ugh. Anyway, um, I'm probably going to play the regular gym story first or I'll sprinkle in the other two as I go, because that's I imagine I the intended route is going to be that people are just going to be bouncing back and forth between all three and then. Uh, it's going to be also intended that the victory road route will be the longest route. So like you kind of get more of a satisfying ending with that one. I could see that. Yeah. The question is though, Jordan, what is the any percent speed run going to do? <laughs> Are they going to roll credits after all three of the stories? Do you have is to speed defeat run all three big in Pokemon? Oh yeah. Like, it's big with the original generation. I know that. Oh, there um, are quite a few broken. people that speed run recent gen stuff. So really, because it's a lot about um, optimization and strategy for picking okay. the best Pokemon and, and whatnot. Uh, yeah, Sword I, and Shield has had quite a few people run in several different categories. I mean, it's not a huge category like Mario or something, but yeah, no, there are quite a few speedrunners for sure. The any percent run. I imagine they're going to just have runs for each of the story paths, right? I mean, yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Any percent will be the, the glitched version where you can get to the quickest credits credit roll. <laughs> yeah. Like in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, where they could do it in like less than 30 minutes or something <laughs> crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, again, looking forward to more information when it comes to these story paths. I think there's a lot of really great potential. Um, a lot of the rumors from the leakers and stuff have mentioned that this is one of the best stories Pokemon has had in years. Which ah, man, honestly, I'm is always hard. skeptical whenever like <laughs> leakers say that because that's such a subjective thing. Oh, I agree. Like, why why would the leaker know this? Whenever leakers say like X is not in the thing or um, something really subjective, it's just like, all right, I don't. I, I, I'm not going to like listen to this at all, because like in order for you to say something doesn't exist in the game, you have to have like 100 percent of the game unlocked to you, which they probably don't. They. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'm looking forward to it to, to see where it goes. I, I do think it has a lot of potential. And usually the second game released on a system uh, has the better story, in my opinion. Um, that's not always the case, but like, do they say it's the best um, story in like the Maidine series or in Pokemon? Uh, like Pokemon in the last little while. Like they okay. also didn't give like a specific time frame. They didn't say since black and white either. Like it's super subjective. Everyone knows Pokemon Mystery Dungeon 2 is the best story in Pokemon. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all, all that said about the story, we'll have to see what other information they give. Um, on top of that, they've also revealed a handful of new Pokemon. Um, kind of as we predicted only three <laughs> new Pokemon were shown off. They love the trickle of only a handful of Pokemon and like no evolutions. Uh, but we got uh, Paldean Wooper, which is a great confirmation that we're going to be getting Paldean forms. Um, you yeah. know, the regional based forms of, uh, of older Pokemon. Um, Paldean Wooper is poison ground, but it keeps its water absorbability, which means it is not weak to uh, water like the ground type you would have it be. It's immune to water. Yeah, immune. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's that's so powerful. <laughs> How often do these immune types like actually get put on Pokemon that aren't of that type? Because I know water absorb is typically on water Pokemon, right? You get water absorb and storm drain on basically water type Pokemon. I mean, that's what makes Gastrodon so powerful in doubles. Yeah, and he's water Gastrodon's water type. Yeah, I'm looking through this and uh, the only non water types water absorbers are grass type 
Pokemon, uh, such as Maractus and Cacnea. And those make sense because they're plants. Well, even if they didn't have water <laughs> absorbed, then um, they'd still be resistant to it. So yeah. the fact that they gave it to a Pokemon that would have been weak to it, that's that's really powerful. Yes. So we'll see how Quagsire is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen Quagsire. I mean, it is possible that uh, Paldean Wooper evolves into a different Pokemon like we got with some of the Hisuian forms. But we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Um What's also really cute is that Paldean Wooper has like crossbones where it's like ear thingies are that it normally has, uh, you know, like the axolotl antennae. They're crossbones. It's ah, really cute <laughs> because okay. it's poison that, type. That makes me a bit happier. I, I, every time I saw it, it just looked like a recolor and I was a bit disappointed. <laughs> yeah, it was hard to really tell. But if you look closer at their crossbones, which is super cute. <laughs> and the Pokemon Twitter did the this um, meme. <laughs> you remember that uh, where it was like the screenshot of Wooper from Gen 2 with just the text box and text box underneath that said this. <laughs> I don't remember this at all, though. <laughs> oh, well, and it was just kind of funny. They did that with uh, Paldean Wooper on uh, Twitter. So <laughs> anyway, uh, really excited to see what Paldean Wooper evolves into, whether it's Quagsire or some new Pokemon. Uh, we also got Fido or Fido. Um, I imagine it's Fido because it's definitely a play on Fido as in dog because it is the fairy type dog that is basically made of bread dough. <laughs> The, the official Pokemon.com description says that its skin is moist and I hate it. Oh. <laughs> what? It no. literally says moist on their website. Um, well, I guess we got our food type Pokemon. Uh, neat, and it's I a guess. fairy type. So it fits in with yeah. all the other food type Pokemon so far. <laughs> it's literally like all creamy and milsery from Sword yeah, and Shield. We, we've been getting a food type ever since fifth gen right every single generation i don't know i don't know if we got one in gen 7 but we got one in x and y for sure and those were like aromatissi and uh what was the other one aromatissi's counter had slur slur puff yeah so cool to see that they're continuing that it's adorable but i hate that they use the word moist to describe it so (laughs) you're welcome it's cursed (laughs) um I imagine it evolves again. Haven't seen the evolution, but it looks cool. Um, then we also got Satitan. I believe that's how it's pronounced. It's the Terra Whale Pokemon, and it's an ice type. Um, it's hard to tell if it has an evolution form or if it's a standalone, kind of like Duraludon, because sometimes they don't like to give these cooler looking Pokemon evolutions, and the ice type gym leader had it. So it's unclear if it's going to evolve or not, because sometimes the gym leaders don't have the full evolution or they just have like single evolution forms so is it ice type or is it ice water because usually when we get these aquatic animals as ice type they also get stuck with the water typing it is pure ice type that's good yeah um i'm going to make a prediction right now this is going to be the most forgotten about pokemon a few years <laughs> from now in this generation yeah it looks super cute but it is yeah i, I don't think it's that outstanding uh Hopefully it gets an evolution. I mean, it looks small enough to me that I think it will. Yeah. But again, seeing a gym leader use it makes me doubt it. So well, it's a well, right? So it's going to have to compete with well Lord for that like right. size. But it's also a stat. land whale, which is interesting because it's the Terra yeah. whale, which is land. So, OK, I, I'm going to uh, that sounds like it's going to become a ground type eventually. Ground ice would be a weird typing. We'll have to see. Yeah, but anyway, really cool looking. And uh, that's it. Just those three. Just Wooper, 
in its Paldean form, Fido and Satitan. So uh, I wish they had shown us more. Pokemon likes to do this to us where they just are like, here are three for this trailer. Or they'll do a 24 hour live stream where they then just <laughs> show a random uh, Galarian Ponyta like at hour 20 or something ridiculous and then nothing well, else. Well, the problem is we only get 80 Pokemon per generation now, so they got to stretch these out thin. <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh but whatever. Excited to see a lot more. Uh, one of the cool things is, is that they also showed off a lot more Pokemon that are returning. I know you were very happy to see Scizor, right? Yeah, my favorite Pokemon. <laughs> so good to see Scizor because uh, Scizor didn't make it into Base Sword and Shield. It returned in the DLC. Yeah. Um, they also showed off like some staples like the regular Growlithe family, which makes sense because we've seen um, Hisuian Zoroark in some of the promotional videos. So that means that we'll probably be able to bring in Hisuian Arcanine and use it competitively. Um, and also like Lilligant. So again, Hisuian Lilligant will probably make it in and a couple of others in that regard. It's nice to see Dratini return as a base family. I've always loved the Dratini line, even though uh, Dragonite's a bit of a doofus. <laughs> um, Electros family has returned as well. And uh, I forget its final evolution. Is it Electros the last one? Yeah, because it's Tynamo and then the middle one in Electros. Um, they showed an image of Electros and it's actually standing up again and not doing its super long swimming animation in its idle pose. Um, so it's back to what it looked like on the uh, DS in the black and white games, which is awesome to see that they're doing that kind of stuff again. Um, and then a couple of others that I know people have been missing for quite a while, and that's the Deerling family and the Go-Goat family. Um, it's really nice to see Go-Goat because it's been basically missing from being catchable since I think X and Y. It might have had some places in Sun and Moon, but I don't remember for sure. Um, but Deerling has made people wonder if there's going to be like a seasons mechanic in uh, Scarlet and Violet. And I highly doubt that they will probably just lock the individual Deerling forms to different regions of the uh, yeah. region. Which I'm fine with. I, I don't like the time based gimmicks. Yeah, me neither. It was a kind of a cool mechanic at the time, but I'm fine with everything just being, <laughs> you know, weather and just day and night. <laughs> um, there also seem to be quite a few Gen 2 Pokemon that are making their appearance. They showed off a lot of them like Murkrow and, uh, you know, Scizor making its return, all sorts of stuff. There was also a mention that at one point during the explanation trailer, um, when they showed off um Paldean Wooper, it played the new Barktown theme from Gold and Silver in the background, which is super bizarre. Um, I'm not 100% sure if that's the actual song. I listened to it and it sounded very familiar. But if that's the case, like, are there more connections to the Johto region in this game? You know, so some people are hoping that maybe as DLC we'll get regional variants of the legendary beast Pokemon of Suikunente and Raikou. Yeah, um, I, I could see that because we got the birds last gen. Right. So uh, there are also rumors going around that like Dunsparce is getting an evolution or a yeah, regional there, variant. There's always <laughs> <laughs> Dunsparce is the most memed Pokemon in leaks. Like it, it really is. <laughs> um, there's a select few people who just really want Dunsparce to get something. Well, it's been left alone for so long. I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to see it. I don't think I'd ever use it, but it'd be cool because <laughs> a lot of Gen 2 no evolutions managed to get evolutions in later games and Dunsparce is just kind of left alone. Yeah. And 
I mean, uh, uh, what's its name? Uh, it evolves from Weird Ear. Oh my gosh, I cannot think of its name. Stantler? Stantler, yes. You know, Stantler got its evolution last gen, so maybe they're kind of cleaning up those loose ends in gen 2. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, anyway, that, that, that's kind of all we got about new Pokemon again. Nice to see lots of returning faces, and hopefully we'll get a lot more new reveals uh, as we get closer to the game. And then, of course, a week before the game actually launches, it will probably be released early in some other country or some random region of uh, the U.S. Someone will then dump the game with their hacked switch and then we'll get a full dex leak <laughs> the whole week before the game comes yeah, out. So we always do. <laughs> always. <laughs> That's been um, true ever since like fourth gen. So <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we got it with uh, Legends Arceus, with Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, Sword and Shield. Like, those things had, you know, data mines going for sure before the game came out. So keep on the lookout for that. Make sure that you aren't looking for spoilers unless you want to be spoiled before the game launches. Um, the other one I wanted to talk about, Jordan, moving away from new Pokemon, are the new forms of Coridon and Miraidon. They're motorcycles, but... What what's different about the two of them in their motorcycle forms, Jordan? Oh my! I, I can't stand Crydon. Why does it <laughs> run instead of like drive on its wheels? <laughs> I mean, I've seen people say it might be a referencing like the Flintstones, where all of their cars and stuff <laughs> were powered by running. <laughs> but I, I guess, man, that that seems like a bit of a reach. Uh, one one person mentioned on our Discord that um. The wheels are just there as flotation devices for when it swims in the water. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see that. It's basically just running around with floaties. <laughs> it looks so goofy when it runs, too. It's like literally the running <laughs> lizard animations, but on all fours <laughs> instead of just the back two. It's so so the fact that so you get one of them or whatever, uh, depending on your version, and it just functions as all your rideable Pokemon. Yes. I don't understand why we have two of these why why are they even the legendary why can't it just like be just one pokemon that's a motorcycle and have legends be something else why is the legend following you around and why are there so many legends where every single person playing in your game has one i mean it's a good question um especially since they didn't give us any information about <laughs> the other two storylines also it looks like when you go into uh, a friend's world you still keep whatever one is from your version because people were riding around on the violet version uh, and while other people were writing on the Scarlet version on the same map. So, yeah, yeah, there was like an official screenshot, too, of like four people lined up with two Coridons and two Maridons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I do think it's nice that they've merged the ride Pokemon into a single method of transportation, though. I really liked how Legends Arceus had multiple Pokemon because it made it feel like each one had their own job. I guess this yeah. just simplifies things a lot more. It simplifies a lot. It simplifies it a lot more for uh, both for Game Freak and also while, while it's cool to have so many different rideable Pokemon uh, while you're playing, it gets tiresome that you have to like swap between them after yeah. you're like 40th hour in. Yeah. So, I'm, so being I'm able to just change. sprint and immediately traverse the water while also being able to like jump and start gliding, it, it, it'll flow incredibly well. So it's nice to yeah. see. I just I, th I think it's an improvement of quality of life, but yeah, flavorfully, it's not as exciting. No, and <laughs> Karinon just looks so dorky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people really like it. It's definitely pushing me towards a uh, violet version, though. <laughs> well, and I'm going to play whatever version you don't because I've already got a pre-order locked on uh, the dual pack, so I don't mind. At the, 
at the same time though i'm waiting for the for more version exclusives like at the end of the day i don't really care about skins of what uh professor i have or what skin of the legendary bike i have um I mean, if that's all the difference there's going to be, then there's really no reason to get both games, right? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But I like to have them for collection sake and completeness sake. So that's just me. Yeah. That's Coridon and Muridon, <laughs> depending on which version you get. Uh, they also spent a lot of time revealing some new characters. They didn't go over too many names. They gave us the new Ice-type gym leader, of course, that we've already mentioned. They showed off, like the new biology professor, the head of the academy that you're attending as a student, and like a whole bunch of other shots filled with other NPCs. And I have to say, the NPCs in the game look so much better than the protagonist. Like, <laughs> like they were actually designed around the art style of the game, whereas the protagonist is just like, I'm boring and all of the sliders are set to minimum on the character creation screen or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, can't, I, I can't stand I'm, how boring the main character looks. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm still not a huge fan of just how this game looks. It still feels like um, an Unreal Engine asset flip. Like, yeah, <laughs> it feels like what you'd expect to see on those YouTube videos of like, oh, I turned Pokemon into an Unreal Engine game. <laughs> and like the resolution's nice and all that. But uh, the textures are have a lot more to be desired for. And. Unlike Unreal Engine, there is no anti-aliasing. Oh. Did, did you notice that in the <laughs> <Yeah>. trailer? <laughs> the edges of everything look so bad. I'm sorry. I hate to be like, oh, oh, the visuals, blah, 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 graphics, 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 you know, because there are a lot of fans that just hate on Pokemon, period, for the graphics. And, you know, we love playing the Pokemon games, but I just I can't get over how literally every edge on every single building is just so aliased it looks i hate it i'm sorry <laughs> maybe they'll fix that maybe they'll just uh flip a switch when it finally releases <laughs> i hope it's so. all it takes right <laughs> yeah i mean they've got what two and a half months left uh, or something plus i also just think that the lighting engine looks worse than legends arceus's lighting engine does i know lighting is one of the things that they fix latest in development when it comes to visuals but i i still don't like it yeah, but also RCS was nice because it had more stylized art yes. direction to it. Yes, 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 exactly. Even though a lot of the textures in RCS did not look great on like the ground and stuff, it looked really nice because of that art style for sure. But this game, I'm just like, I can tell they wanted to make it a little bit more realistic. And it just also shows visually how Game Freak does not have that experience. And they do not seem to want to get help from anyone else regarding it even though they're in the same building as the rest of the nintendo teams like i've been playing xenoblade chronicles 3 and i'll talk about that at the end of the episode and xenoblade is struggling on the switch visually uh, i can see a lot of the corners they had to cut but the world looks so much more vibrant than scarlet and violet does and this is like monolith soft's third game in the series and the second on the switch technically third with the remake of uh, chronicles 1 and i just look at that and i'm like these are both from studios that work in the same office building. <laughs> uh, do they work in the same office building? Game Freak moved to the main Nintendo headquarters. Right, but I don't know if Monolith did. Well, I know. Maybe. I'll have to see. Because <laughs> Monolith is... used to be its own company as well before getting snatched up by Nintendo. Um, they might have. They might. I, I know that uh, Nintendo Japan is like 
trying to make it so all their departments are under the same roof so that it's easier to coordinate between teams. Yeah, they might be in a different location. It looks like they actually have four different studios yeah. uh, that they work out of. Um, their headquarters is in Tokyo, though. So anyway, sorry, I, well, I take back. That is statement. Nintendo in Kyoto? The main yes. branch? Yes. But they, they apparently do have a studio in Kyoto with mainly okay. artists there. Anyway, anyway, I apologize for that. They are not in the same building, but they are definitely both first party Nintendo studios now. <laughs> <laughs> Though Game Freak kind of isn't. Game Freak's yeah, whole thing is so confusing. <laughs> but anyway, they're, they're at Nintendo headquarters and they have like the Odyssey team and all those other people there. And I just am like, can they please just ask for help? <laughs> but anyway, it's probably a lot more complicated than I'm making it out to be. I just really wish that the game visually looked more impressive. Well, yeah. And at the same time, they recently moved to be with N- Nintendo, right? This game's right. been in production for what, three or four years? Yeah, yeah you're right. So it might be next gen that we start seeing um, a bit more cooperation. I don't know. I, I don't. <laughs> game Freak. Game Freak does what Game Freak does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they definitely do. I was going to say something else. I can't remember anymore. That's okay. Well, there is still one uh, more feature in Scarlet and Violet we haven't covered yet, and that's the new gimmick. Well, I wanted to get to that in a minute because I had like two other things that I wanted to point out to oh. you that I don't think you saw. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's go over those. Okay. So the first one is, um, very quickly, the amount of customization in this game has been reduced significantly. Uh, when it comes to the main character, um, <laughs> there are only four outfits, Jordan. What? The main what? website literally says that they wear their school uniform and there are four styles of the uniform. No, I like collecting all the clothes that I never wear. The only thing that you can change are accessories like your hat and other random little bits of clothing. But it looks like the entire main outfits cannot really be changed except for four no. styles. No. In Pokemon, I, I buy every single out or every single clothing item to throw in my bag. Oh, yeah. I, I knew you'd be upset about that one, <laughs> which is why I wanted to bring it up. <laughs> what am I going to spend all my money on? I don't know. <laughs> all of the accessories. So at least you'll have those to put in your bag, but you won't be able to change your shirt or whatever at any time. Ah, They're really going for that. These are school kids aesthetic. And I, I'm like, I hate I hate school. I hate school so much. <laughs> if they're going to do that then what they should do is have post game allow you to change your outfit more freely out of the uniform if they're yeah, going to maybe, force you to wear it maybe they will i don't know but oh, the website seems well. to imply no i i think it's a bit frustrating that the game that's going to be so focused on multiplayer is going to also be the game that has like no player uh customization or like expressiveness yeah, you're playing with your three other friends and you're like, wait, uh, Jordan, which one are you again? <laughs> are you the one wearing the red hat or the blue hat? <laughs> blue, because it's the only one in my game. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that was really disappointing for me, especially since Sword and Shield had so many good outfits. Yeah. Sun and Moon even had quite a few good looking outfits as well. Um but Sword and Shield, honestly, those outfits were freaking awesome. Even though I wish you could change your like main backpack shape <laughs> more freely. Well, but, it was also fun to just be able to make the the trainer cards with all the images and stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. There was a lot of personality to it. That, yeah, that's so many different bummer. options. Just pour over what you already have with Sword and Shield then. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> they did change the um, 
the art style. So I guess they can't just port everything over from Sword and Shield for that. But that that's still a huge bummer. I agree with that. But then the other nice thing that I saw was they shared screenshots of a lot of the UI on the Pokemon website. And the Pokedex actually is like a bookshelf where each Pokemon get it its own like book entry so they're going for the more stylized pokedex like they did in legends arceus which i think is a huge improvement to the yeah. series like uh, i'm i'm really hoping that because it's a book that it'll have more information on the pokemon and i can use my pokedex instead of bulbapedia <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, it'd be cool if they listed all the moves it could learn in game, um, even like very basic type effectiveness against the Pokemon would be very useful. Um, what level it evolves even like <laughs> it's been one of my one of the things I wanted the most out of Pokemon to have the Pokedex be actually a Pokemon encyclopedia like <laughs> the name implies. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that the stylistic approach that they're going for sure does leave it a lot more open for that kind of stuff. Um, they also showed off um, a little bit of like the map interface and some of the menus. And even though I think the art style for like the main 3D graphics of the game is really not my favorite, the UI looks really, really good and polished. And honestly, probably the best Pokemon UI we've had when it comes to how neatly things are organized and how like cleanly stylized it is. So yeah, that, you can look forward that to that. That's really good. Um, we'll see when we actually get a hold of it, because <laughs> if I remember right, Sword and Shield, the online UI, like jumping on and off online was just a complete <laughs> nightmare. Yeah, the YCOM was yeah. so awful. <laughs> Maybe they got rid of that menu altogether in favor of going to the Pokey stops, gas station things, the Pokemart gas station, Poke Center, whatever they are, uh, since you have to go there to summon in your friends. Maybe they they've gotten rid of that menu entirely for the more like union room style thing where you have to go to a specific location to actually trade or whatnot, though they did show the character like throw a Pokeball and then it did the trade animation away from the Pokemon Center. So anyway, UI looks great. Really excited for that. Now, Jordan, what is the new mechanic? What was the big, huge thing that we got? So as my uh, roommate put it, they gave Pokemon hats. <laughs> 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 yep yep um so it's a new feature called terrestrial pokemon uh basically it crystallizes the pokemon and changes the typing in some way and they haven't been quite clear on how the typing ch changes um we i believe we know that if like so if you have an electric pokemon and you crystallize it to an electric type then it becomes like a super electric type where it gets extra stab or something. Yeah, so it gets extra stab, but it doesn't get double weakness. <laughs> so <clears throat> is it replacing types or is it then an electric electric type? So <laughs> if if I have a dual type Pokemon, like say Ivysaur, which is grass poison, and I uh, terrestrialize it to flying type, is it pure flying or is it going to be grass poison flying? Or is it grass flying? See, that's the problem is that they say it transforms into types, but it does not me explain mechanically how it does that. Um, it seems to imply that it completely changes type to the main new typing to the Terra type that it gets. But, but if you the wording also seems that you could interpret it as it replaces the primary type. So Bulbasaur is primary grass, secondary poison. 
according to its yeah. listing. So it would replace the grass typing with flying in your example. So then it would be flying poison. And that just doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> like, why Especially would Especially if you have like, so take Pikachu, for example, if you terrestrialize it to flying type in that scenario, then it just becomes pure flying instead of electric flying. That, oh, if you're going to replace a type, I'd rather have it be either like, it just moves to monotype or it gets rid of this or it replaces the secondary type. I don't like the idea of replacing just a primary type. Yeah, it's super confusing, especially like the way that they worded what type of Terra types you can get on these Pokemon, because in the trailer, it almost sounded like uh, Pokemon only get like a handful, like two or three. They were like different Pokemon can have or Pokemon species can have different Terra types like an Eevee could have a water and a fire or whatever two examples they used. But then like the website seems to imply that every Pokemon can get every single type. Yeah, that's what I uh, heard from it, that every Pokemon can get every single type. But the odds of finding certain type terrestrial types of Pokemon is going to be harder than other. So like right. um, Eevee would have access to all 18 terrestrial types, but maybe the fairy terrestrial type is like way harder than the rest to get. That's totally possible. Um, we know that you get those types through a similar mechanic like the um, Dynamax raids in Sword and Shield where there are like locations scattered around the overworld where you can team up with your buddies and raid the uh, the terror terrestrialized Pokemon, um, which is cool. But also like what types are they going to be? And also, are they going to make it more available to you in the post game? Like for when you're building a competitive team, are you going to be able to like transform the Terra type of any Pokemon with an item so. after you've caught it once or something? I don't think so. I think you have to catch it as that type. And it's basically like, uh, like hidden ability. Gonna, yeah. Or it's like a hidden ability. ability. Like, it won't replace abilities. I don't think. No, but no. I, well, I don't mean hidden ability. I mean, um, hidden power. Do you remember the hidden power move that they've removed yeah, recently? I think it will be listed though. So like when you catch it, there'll be like a little box that says what it's terrestrial type is. Right, right, right. No, I, and it does show from the UI that we saw when you enter a raid, it shows what typing the Terra type is. Like they showed a picture of the enter a raid screen with Meryl and it had an icon of like steel typing up in the top corner. So you knew that that Meryl that you were going to raid had Terra steel. Um, okay. What I mean though is it's like, is it a permanent thing like how your hidden ability typing was locked forever to the Pokemon because it was based off of like IVs and oh, encryption constant? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't I don't think you're going to be able to change it. Um, Hooray. It's going that means to I'm going to have like, to collect 18 shiny yeah, Gardevoir. <laughs> I was just about to say that it's going to make shiny hunting for um, a specific type just an absolute nightmare. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> Especially since some of them are going to be more rare than others. Um yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure this means Shedinja is not in this game. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, there is no way we're getting a normal a type to a Shedinja. <laughs> <laughs> it can only be killed with fighting type moves. Good luck. <laughs> um, I like this new mode. Uh, I would like it to have a bit more clarity on exactly the 
main mechanics of how it works. And knowing Game Freak, they're not going to give us the answer till the game releases. Yeah. Unfortunately. And even then, the answer that they give us won't be that complete until the data uh, miners start looking at yeah, yeah. how Let it actually works that. mechanically. We're going to have to find that answer for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to figure out what the data structure is like for the Pokemon so that we can see exactly if it's changeable or not. And if it determines anything else, oh, it's going to be a mess. <laughs> but from a competitive gameplay perspective, I think this is a really cool mechanic because your opponent doesn't know what Terrastal type your Pokemon are, right? And we so don't know that yet. They may or may not know. Oh, I hope it's <laughs> hidden. I hope it's hidden so much because it's going to make the mind games for switching Pokemon just so much more crazy because you don't know if like trying to use a super effective move on, say, like... I, you have a Blastoise versus my Charizard. And as soon as the turn starts, I switch up my Charizard to water type and you try shooting it with Hydro Blast. And it, I basically deflected it and <laughs> get off my attack. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it opens up a ton of possibilities for competitive. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot of meta shifts, especially since there are some really good staple like doubles Pokemon that we've seen already. Well, and also heavily changes um move pools and well it doesn't change the move pools but pokemon are going to they're they're so a lot of most pokemon have moves in their move pool that aren't their their type they don't get stab on them right yes exactly and so now there's just going to be so many pokemon that have access to stab on such a wide range of moves and you don't have to change terrestrial type until you need to pull out that like that extra move that cover move Right. Um, I mean, they showed off a, a raid with a Gardevoir and the Gardevoir was water Terra type. It had like the water spout crown on or whatever. And it's hilarious because I think Gardevoir only learns two water type moves in its entire <laughs> move pool. So like, yeah, it makes those water moves way more viable now um, just from like even Gardevoir standpoint. So so anyway. can you switch out of Terrastal when you move to Terrastal? Are you stuck in that form for the rest of the battle? I don't know. All That's we know is that it's once per battle. Once per battle across all Pokemon. Across all Pokemon on so, your team. So it's like Dynamax and also Mega Evolution that way. All yes. right. That's um I, I can see why they did that. I'm kind I kinda wish they didn't though. I wish you could have done it as many times as you wanted, but once you switch to Trastal, you just can't change back. So it's like a permanent change or something that you have to just choose for. I think that'd be really cool. Um, yeah, because like, it's not going to be that big of a like advantage when you switch over as opposed to like Mega Evolution or Dynamax. Like th- those two things are just the whole game warps around those abilities, whereas this it is pretty benign, honestly, like it adds a lot of like strategies and options, um, but it's not so much that it's going to warp the game around it. Yeah, I can agree with that. As much as I love Mega Evolution, I think Mega Evolution was a really fun mechanic, especially since it also made a lot of, you know, weaker Pokemon stronger. I think that this is a much better compromise between Z moves and Gigantamax or Dynamax. Well, simply because it's like, you know, you get the boost to a move, you change your type, but you don't get the like double HP bonus and your moves aren't suddenly like dealing 180 base power <laughs> or whatever the Z moves were. Yeah, I don't even know if it's a compromise because I feel like it's less impactful than Z moves even were. Yeah, that's a good point. Like all the gimmicks up to this point have been 
huge power swing abilities. And this is um, just a really good strategic option. Yeah. So I like it a lot more. I think this is um, it's not as good of a spectacle as Mega Evolution or Dynamax were. But I, I personally feel like this is more of kind of the direction I want out of my gimmicks where it's not like such a huge power swing that it completely warps the game around it. Now I just hope that they show Onyx in the uh, <laughs> return to the game because then we'll have gone full circle and we can actually have Crystal Onyx in our game. Uh, huh, yeah. <laughs> like they showed Crystal Onyx back in what, like season one or season two of the anime? And it was like never ever a thing in the games at all. Ever. Okay, yeah. And now so it's cool that we've got the crystallization in the games. Yeah. So I thought you were meaning like, oh, and now uh, Onyx can finally be a steel type. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what I mean. I, <laughs> I just mean from like an aesthetic standpoint for what we saw in the anime all those years ago. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember having a hat during that time, though. <laughs> it did not have a hat. <laughs> So whatever that that's the one compromise we'll have. To I think make we to get need a crystal regional form of Onyx for that to truly go full circle. I yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But that was the first thing everybody thought of or not everybody, but a, a good chunk of people familiar with the anime was, oh, hopefully Onyx is in here. So I can have my crystal Onyx. So anyway, I, I do think that terrestrialization is a really cool mechanic and I'm excited to see where it goes and much more excited to get actual confirmation on how it works from game freak in the future. Cause again, like pretty much everything else in this trailer, lots of cool little bits of information and cool, uh, confirmations of things that we assume to be true, but then like no actual clarification or explanation on how it works. <laughs> so, but Anyway, lots of really cool looking new Pokemon. I am actually very excited now to play these games. I think they'll be very interesting and a different take for the series. Um, It'll be nice, especially after we got Legends Arceus and whatnot. But I still am not a fan of the art style. I think that the main character looks super boring. And I hope that we get some more visual improvements. So, and that is a side that you can take, guys. You don't have to <laughs> pretend that people have to love everything about Pokemon, including the visuals, to be Pokemon fans. We love Pokemon dearly here, but we can also criticize how it looks. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't think I'm <laughs> a fan of Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I am a bit critical, but um, that's just because I want the game to be good. But whatever. I agree. But are you, are you excited to get it at all? Or is this uh, trailer just a meh? I wouldn't say it's a meh. Um but it hasn't kind of like registered quite yet for me that this is a game coming out anytime soon. Um, it's just like, oh, that's a thing that's going to eventually be a part of my life. Okay. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, I do plan on getting it, though. Like, I, I don't know what would have to be revealed for me to change my mind on that. It's well, just gonna be you nice have until be November to- 18th for them to completely screw up. Because <laughs> that's what it uh, Yeah. I mean, Dexit wasn't enough to get me to stop buying Sword and Shield, so it has to be something <laughs> crazy. They'll have to come out and say, just kidding. Uh, there aren't even gym battles. We had to <laughs> we cut were lying all three storylines. Everything we told you about this game is actually wrong. We lost everything. We have to start from scratch. So all you're getting is the player running around a flat world and there are five new Pokemon. That's it. We we updated bug type. It's weak to everything now. (laughs) And strong against nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Not even bug. (laughs) 
<laughs> literally two times a week to every typing and does half damage to every type. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that would probably get me to quit. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, well, cool. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say about Scarlet and Violet. Uh, I think we've covered pretty much everything. Is there anything that we missed, Jordan? No, I think I'm good. Cool, cool. All right. Now that we've kind of finished the Pokemon discussion here, uh, we were talking before the episode and uh, Jordan, I believe you wanted me to give maybe a couple of impressions about uh, Xenoblade. Yeah, some quick first impressions of Xenoblade. I believe we're going to have uh, do a recording for the, the full Xenoblade episode next week. Yeah, um, I'm planning on finishing it by then. <laughs> um, <laughs> How far are we'll you? We'll have a guest. Yeah. So Jordan's not really a JRPG person, so yeah, it'd be better if I had replaced. somebody to bounce off of that actually like has played the game. <laughs> uh, you'll still be present, I believe, though, right? Uh, if you want me to, I have not touched the game, so I don't know how much I have to give. I mean, it depends if you want to listen to me gush about the game or not for an hour. <laughs> so we'll, we'll go over those details later. But anyway, uh, we're excited to have our guest come on. He um, was originally on the last podcast Jordan and I did. So be sure to look forward to that episode for uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. But I'll, I'll go ahead and give some of my initial impressions of the game. Um, if I had to sum it up in like a single sentence, it would be I am so in love with this game. Like I love it so much. Um, the game is very impressive. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I am a huge fan of the Xenoblade Chronicles series. Um, I actually started playing the very first Xenoblade game the week it came out. I had heard about it online and made sure to get my pre-order in back when it was like a limited release and Nintendo of America like refused to localize it. So I've been like very into the Xenoblade series from the beginning. Um, I got Xenoblade 2 like the day it came out and I have spent so many hours in both Xenoblade 1 and Xenoblade 2. And as much as I love those two games, um, Xenoblade 3 is turning out to be like the best. I hate pronouncing this word, so I'm not going to say it, but like the best combination or it takes the best of both Xenoblade 1 and Xenoblade 2. And honestly, it's probably the best game in the series. Um, it is very visually impressive, though. There are definitely places where I can see where they are repeating textures in various areas. <laughs> like literally in one of the very first cutscenes, they do like a nice pan of the field and you can literally see like the actual squares of the textures repeating off into the distance. And it, oh, made no. me laugh. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. I was like, no, <laughs> Monolith, what have you done? I'm sorry that the switch is so underpowered that you probably had to do that for performance reasons. But anyway, um, the combat system is absolutely phenomenal. Um, it combines everything that was good about Xenoblade 1 and Xenoblade 2. Um, the fact that you can have six people out on the field, technically seven with the heroes, makes it much more interesting to build your team around different types of strategies. Um, the main cast is absolutely lovable and phenomenal. The story has been so engaging and so interesting since the very beginning, though I imagine that my interest in the story probably stems more from the fact that I loved and really got into the depths of Z Xenoblade 1 and 2 stories. So, um, like, I know a lot of the, like, backstory to what's happening in this third game. Not to say that you can't enjoy this game without uh, playing the first two games. Um, but yeah, I've logged like 30 hours into the game already since it came out, uh, just a couple of days ago. Um, and most of that time was over the weekend. And again, I'm just absolutely in love with it. The cast is amazing. 
I did say that the game is probably the best in the series, but it is hard for me to say it's like my favorite because I already have such an emotional connection to the first two games, especially two for some reason. Like I love one, but part of me just loves the cast of two just slightly more. But anyway, it's hard for me to make favorites. Um, I'm sure we'll go much more into depth um, on our next episode where we talk about the game with our guest and uh, all that. But so far, absolutely loving the game. If you are a fan of JRPGs or even like real time combat action type games, you should seriously consider picking it up because they have made it so accessible, so fun to play. And the story is just incredibly good with a phenomenal cast. Uh, So anyway, I don't don't know if there's anything else that I can really say without delving too much into spoiler territory or overanalyzation. So those are my initial impressions. So how far into the game are you? So I'm level like 32 and I think I'm on I I can't remember what chapter number it is, Um, but I have done a significant number of side quests because I'm that type of RPG player. I'm like trying to clear as much of each area as I possibly can before moving on to the next, Um, though that might change as I get closer to the end of the story, because every single time I advance the main story, I get pulled farther and farther in that I want to just focus on the main story. (laughs) Like, it's amazing that it's doing that to me because it's not a lot of games make me want to not do the side content, too. Anyway, so Xenoblade 3, very, very, very good. Please go pick it up if you are interested. Is it just me or are fewer people talking about this game than when Xenoblade 2 was released? I don't know. I haven't really been talking to anybody about it. <laughs> Maybe they're just all playing it. Yeah. I just feel like the buzz is a lot smaller, which I was a bit surprised about. I think the story is so much more prone to spoilers than 2 was. Um, avoiding any sort of spoilers, there's not a lot of connection between Xenoblade 1 and Xenoblade 2. If you only play those two games, there is in the final chapter near the very end of the game where you start to see, ah, so this is how they connect together. Three is absolutely a sequel to both one and two. So, yeah, I, I've i seen uh, some spoilers for the connection to two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please don't talk about that. <laughs> I probably know what you're talking about and I've gotten to that point in the story. But uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I I do think it's more because the fans of the game are actually playing it. It's only been a couple of days. I've seen quite a few takes saying that they are in love with the world, the music, the characters, but I haven't seen a whole lot of other discussion about it. So, yeah, I think you're right in that regard. Yeah, maybe in a few weeks once everyone's done playing it, it'll be everywhere again. I will say one last thing. I'm a huge sucker for the Xenoblade music as well, and I really like the music that they've done in three, but I so far cannot tell you like any of the themes other than like the main theme of the game when it came to one and two the music was so distinct that like i knew every area i was in Uh, like when you enter gower plains in one for the first time you're just like okay this is the gower plains song and there's a reason why it's in smash brothers (laughs) um in xenoblade 2 you enter like the gormot titan you enter into the main fields and that has a very epic song or the more ardane titan has an amazing song like all of these locations in one and two had such distinct melodies and impactful songs that they are like burned into my brain forever and even though the music is so amazingly written in three i am not really finding that except for the main theme and the menu theme 
So I hope that that changes as I continue to progress. But that's just like one observation I've had with the music is I still prefer one and two soundtracks so far, which that's kind of harsh coming from me. You know, I thought that the <laughs> music was going to be absolutely phenomenal and it is, but it's not as memorable, I guess. Yeah, I haven't been exposed to as much uh, music from Sunblade 3 as I have with the other two games. So uh, it's definitely not getting shared around as much yet, which I th- yeah. I mean, I saw somebody say, I think that the composers for Xenoblade 3 were told this is the last soundtrack you'll ever write. And so they wrote it to be super epic, but it's not like in my mind as memorable. They didn't say the memorable part, but I can see it being like, yeah, no, they went for a way more epic feel. And in some ways it feels more like video game music should be where it doesn't like distract you from the gameplay that's happening. But at the same time, the Xenoblade Chronicles soundtrack has always been one of my major highlights of a new region is I would just sit and listen and pick out all of the cool melodies. So maybe my opinion will change as I progress forward or even if I like find rips of the soundtrack after I beat the game and listen to it more, maybe that'll change. But those are my first impressions regarding the music, at least. So I keep rambling about this game. Can you tell that I could talk about it for like an entire hour? <laughs> yeah, that's what we have in the next episode for. Hooray! So I guess we'll we'll cut it there so that uh, I don't just keep going on and on and on and on about it. So look forward to more finalized thoughts next week on our episode. Uh, but other than that, Jordan, is there anything else that we need to talk about on this week's episode? No, I think we're good. Sounds great. Really glad that we could chat for quite a while about uh, the new Pokemon news. Uh, Scarlet and Violet are shaping up to be pretty interesting looking games for sure. If you enjoyed the episode, please be sure to leave a review or a comment on either the podcasting app you're using or on YouTube itself. Uh, doing so adds engagement, which makes the algorithms uh, suggest the shore, uh, suggest the show a little bit more to other people uh, that might be interested, and that will help us grow and reach a wider audience. And then, of course, uh, we also have a Discord server. Jordan mentioned it earlier in the podcast where you can come talk about all this news and your favorite Nintendo games. And you can check that out by going to nintendfusion.com slash discord. With all that said, though, thank you again for listening to this week's episode of the Nintendo Fusion podcast. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye bye. See ya.